welcome to Virtual Theatre, the podcast all about video game movies and the stories that shape them. My name is Andy Spateri, and I am joined, as always, by Gooey Fame. Goo, how are you, bud? I'm doing all right. How are you doing? Uh, I'm doing all right as well. Um, it's been a wild couple of weeks. It feels like the it feels like a lifetime ago since the last time that we sat down <laughs> and recorded virtual theater. Yeah, yeah, it's been really weird. Uh, the world, the world feels a lot different than our last episode, I guess. Yeah, and and it's just crazy how fast everything can change. Um, so yeah, we, uh, you know, we obviously uh, don't want to. Uh, we we want virtual theater to be an escape from all of the bad vibes out there. So you and I are gonna, you know, we're gonna keep doing our thing. Uh, we're staying inside. We're staying safe and healthy. And we hope that everyone listening to this is as well. And we hope that you can just, uh, you know, kick back and escape and just enjoy the uh, the goofiness that is virtual theater and uh, have fun with us today. And uh, every, every time that we uh, that we release a new show. Uh, we're going to keep it going strong because I think that now more than ever is when we need uh, the distractions and uh, all the goofy shit that we do here on virtual theater. So uh, there you go. That's what you're going to get. Um, if you guys are and we know a lot of you are inside and working from home, everything like that. I don't mean this to sound like a shill, but if anyone is looking for a place to to hang out and talk to some other people and just have that kind of interaction. Check us out over on Discord. Um, you know, we've got a really good community of people over there. We we try and play some fun games, like talking about uh, our favorite albums growing up or our favorite video games by year. So, you know, if you're just looking for, again, kind of an escape and, and some other people that are, you know, everybody's in this together. Um, so, you, you know, come hang out with us over on Discord at Virtual Theater. Um, and you can, uh, you can chat with us about all the... Uh, Again, the goofy shit that we do here on the show. Yeah, it's a good place. It's been a good place to hang out while, you know, stuck inside. Yeah. Yeah. We eventually we're going to get this dang movie night app and we we tried. But then uh, I think I gave about five minutes notice and everyone was like, fuck out of here, Spateri. It's like 11 o'clock at night. <laughs> yeah, that's Spateri time. Doesn't always yeah. line up. <laughs> I know. I was, I was trying to get our pal Kevin from Long Island, who's three hours ahead to join me watching some uh, Castlevania. And he was like, dude, it's like 1130. Like, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> the hour makes a big difference. Like, well, two hours for, for Kevin, too. So, yeah. Damn time zones. Uh, time zones. You got to hate them. <laughs> um, all right. Let's get into uh, this show this week. Uh, but before we do, actually, I guess we should say that uh, if you are a member of our virtual theater patreon then you have just received the newest bonus content gooey tell them all about it oh yeah we got in episode two of the legend of zelda cartoon uh cold spells yes uh, it's a it's a really fun time uh and you know if you like if you like uh that old catchphrase of uh excuse me princess there's a really interesting thing that we noticed this time around so <laughs> yeah it's uh it's it's good shit i had a blast recording it and i can't wait to watch the next couple of uh episodes in our legend of zelda cartoon odyssey if you will it's it's entirely something else yeah. from what i remember as a kid yeah we got to get back in the swing of things for sure yeah um well 
That is over, of course, on Virtual Theater's uh, Patreon page at, over at patreon.com forward slash virtual theater. That is at the $5 tier. Uh, we know times are tough, but again, if you need an escape from all the bad shit going on, yeah, what better way than to to hear two quote-unquote Zelda experts, <laughs> quote-unquote movie video game experts talk about a Zelda video game show. So there you go. And also, at the $1 tier, you can get good shit too, such as like outtakes, uh, which is almost like a, a miniature episode. I think the last of our outtakes were like half an hour long. Yeah. Really good conversation in there too. Yeah, good stuff about Link's Awakening for Switch. Can't remember what else um, we talked about, but just we, basically... We talked about AVP, you know, oh, yeah. which which is the superior faction, the aliens <laughs> or the predators. Talked about Birds of Prey. We talked about <laughs> Freddy vs. Jason. And I'm, I'm going to give a little uh, teaser for today's outtake that we're going to have for this show, because I think that this is going to run long anyways. But I did want to talk to Goo about John Wick 3 because I finally watched it. So that's going to be over on uh, Patreon as well at the $1 level. And, uh, you know, you can jam out to our theme song. You can get the show notes, all of that good stuff over at uh, at patreon.com forward slash virtual theater. All right, let's talk some Castlevania, Goo. Are you ready? Totally. Oh, wait. This is what we're here for. Wait, we got the news. There's one other thing. Oh, so you're right. The Last of Us is uh is coming to hbo as a uh, television series and uh it's being run by neil Druckerman, the creative director of uh the last of us game and uh i can't remember his name the guy who ran chernobyl right yeah craig mazin i think it was i think he like had something to do with like the hangover movies or something i don't know fuck yeah <laughs> <laughs> but so did uh what's his name joker dude so that doesn't necessarily mean anything. Uh, did you ever watch Chernobyl? No, I actually haven't. But I heard I've heard a lot of good things about it. Mm-hmm, I, me too. It's something I would be interested in, but you know, there's just so much stuff. Yeah, I don't know if I'd be interested in watching Chernobyl right now. <laughs> no, it's too real. I think, I think like down the road, uh, Chernobyl will be a fine show for me to check out. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe once it's once things are better. Uh, so I think that we were saying this on like a previous episode, but like, man, for me, The Last of Us, the video game is basically a movie already. It's just like an interactive yeah. one that you play. So I, feel I don't know. Like I could be wrong, but I feel like I read something too from Druckmann or somebody who said it's gonna, it is gonna follow sort of the events of the game. And then obviously, well, I don't know this, the game is pretty long. So I guess that is enough for. A series but i thought maybe they'll explore other sides of it or something but to me it sounds like like just a recreation of the of the game which i agree with you like what can you get from that that you don't already get out of playing it on top of the the experience of like the interactivity which is very key i think to that game yeah i i agree it's kind of like how I'll use Metal Gear Solid as an example or as an analogy. Like a movie would be awesome. However, it's like Metal Gear Solid is like those the voices behind all the characters are so iconic and attached to those characters. Like what and it's pretty cinematic already. Like what do you gain by making it a movie? On top of condensing that, that story. Yeah. Metal Gear uh, that's a great example of the interactivity element because there's so many gameplay elements of that that aren't 
that aren't just like oh cool mechanic they're but they're like so bonkers and and nutso that like you do lose something i think when you just make the story on its face you know you can add in uh, some other weird weird elements which could be cool but if you didn't if you just kind of strip it down to its story sure it'll be like you could do it weird and interesting but you won't have that added bonus or like added flavor of like you know unplugging the controller or like you know, just some of the other goofy Kojima <laughs> mechanics that he comes up with. Yeah, no, I, I totally agree. So, uh, you know what, but let's give uh, The Last of Us the benefit of the doubt. Yeah, I'll, I'll check it out. And see what they do. But it is it is weird to think about how that would translate over to, like, the, the silver screen, I guess. Or Death Stranding would be another good example of one that would be weird to me to see. Yeah. Anyways, now... <laughs> now are we ready to talk some Castlevania? I'm, yeah, I'm ready. Let's do it. Let's get this show on the road. Of course, we covered Castlevania Season 1 in long form. That is available over in the uh, Virtual Theater Archives. And if you're a member of our Discord, you can find it pinned in the Episodes uh, channel. The way that we um, the way that we did this is uh, I tried to take some of the key moments or key plot points from each episode and, and and just present those instead of like a detailed scene by scene kind of uh, format like we usually do. So hopefully this isn't going to take too, too, too long, <laughs> but uh, there is a lot of meat on this Castlevania season sure. two bone. So I guess with that being said, let's let's dive right into it. I highly recommend that you listen to our episode on Castlevania season one before we get going on season two. And if you've already listened to that, then Roll Tide, let's uh, dive into Episode 1, War Council. So here we go. Um, I love this evil Archbishop. This dude is destroying Lisa's lab, and you see the moment where Lisa, who is Dracula's wife, mm -hmm. is basically abducted, and you don't see her murdered again, but like... I, I love I love this evil bastard. Like, he's so... <laughs> uh, his voice is just so evil i don't know how else to put it yeah it's uh i understand why they've moved on from him. it's better for the story but i did kind of miss him you know <laughs> the rest of the season yes actually so this is skipping way 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 ahead but i did note because i rewatched season two i've watched it before but i did note that he actually does show up in like zombie form later yeah. in this season that is which i, I missed cool the first detail. time it was awesome yeah so i i, uh, I liked to just kind of going back a little bit and just getting a little bit more detail in this but not again not too much like the show still move or move pretty fast but you know now we've yes. got more episodes and you know we shot through the first season so like here's some more detail and that really helps flesh out the characters more yeah and and this episode uh the big the big thing that it's getting across is it is introducing dracula's generals or his titular war council mm -hmm. um so we meet hector and isaac and they are forge masters so basically they create dracula's monsters and these guys are humans and not vampires and not only are they humans and not vampires but they are the second in command like the direct second in command which pisses off all the vampires including godbrand who's kind of <laughs> like a vampire seamus yeah um, kayla said the same thing that's hilarious yes <laughs> he's he's loud and definitely obnoxious. Actually, I loved this line. I think that Hector said it. 
Godbrand, you never met anything you didn't kill, fuck, or make a boat out of. <laughs> oh, yeah, because he's also a Viking, which is important. Oh, yes, I I should have mentioned that as well. He's a Viking vampire. Yeah, pretty cool. <laughs> Shout out to that. <laughs> so, one thing that I liked in this episode is um, that Dracula gives, like, a good reason why he's enlisting Isaac and Hector as his, like, second in command because it does seem kind of ridiculous on the surface but he basically says that like the vampires see humans as livestock almost like as as animals whereas like the the hector and isaac like both of them just hate humanity on the same level that dracula does and want them eradicated so i I thought that that was a cool nice little little touch yeah so What's cool, and it's it's going to be explored more, is why they hate humanity. And also, we already know kind of Dracula's deal, but, like, you get to really, like, there's some more dimension to him other than, like, just bad. But you kind of see that he, there's these differing views on how they should handle humanity. And Dracula is essentially just running a death cult. Like, he doesn't care yeah. about anything other than, you know ending everything which is normally like you view that as like that's the that's the more one-dimensional villain right is like oh he's just bad and wants to kill everything but like in this i like it it's like you really buy that like he, yeah. he's well in this they really give it context yeah. yeah um heck hector in particular also has a super cute zombie dog yeah <laughs> so shout out to a super cute zombie dog um, but yeah, no, I, I really like the uh, the explanation and the dynamic that is given between like the generals um, and, and Dracula himself. And that is obviously fleshed out a little bit in future episodes here. But um, I don't know. I, I liked it a lot. Actually, so Hector and Isaac are the protagonists and antagonists, respectively, from the PlayStation 2 Castlevania game uh, Curse of Darkness, which I've played before, okay. which is actually like... As far as 3D Castlevania games go, it's it's pretty good, actually. Maybe maybe one of the best. Do they uh, have we, a similar see... story in that? Kind of, yeah. Um, like, I would say, I wouldn't be surprised to see the story of Curse of Darkness play out somewhat relative to how it plays out in the game in Season 3 or 4 of Castlevania, assuming that we stick with these characters. Okay. Yeah, that's one thing that's been kind of cool about the show is, like, even me, I have limited knowledge, but like it's kind of tying in the whole world of Castlevania mm-hmm. games, uh, and it feels right. It doesn't feel, you know, weird. Yeah, so I'm I'm a big fan of uh, I'm a big fan of those two. One criticism that I saw from people about Castlevania Season Two, and there wasn't much criticism at all. I think this was like universally loved. But one like small criticism I saw was that the season really spends more time focusing on Dracula's war council versus like our three established heroes, which I'm actually OK with. Like that doesn't bother me. Yeah, I actually I will say I did notice that. But for me, it was like as long as like there wasn't an episode where I don't know, maybe this is a low bar, but every episode had something either like badass or completely horrifying or a combination of the two you know but yeah but i definitely did notice like okay we're on like three episodes of um the our trio just like hanging out in a basement library like reading books 
And yeah. like and talking. And I'm like, that's cool, but you know, I feel like that's my only criticism too, is like I feel like they could have paced these episodes a little bit better and, and given them some some action, you know, but the like there wasn't an episode where that I thought was bad per se. So yeah, I feel that. Yeah, I I agree. I but I, I do think that like episode one definitely drives this point home like the the second season really is about dracula's war council until we get to like the very very end yeah which uh like it's not a bad thing because it's super super interesting what's going on but now um, i i did notice that in episode one and i noticed it again uh, i can't remember which which episode it was but like i was like well these guys didn't really do much other than just like hang out and read books which is fine <laughs> there's, uh, there's still more time and stuff like you know they still had a a good story all to like i feel like they had a a worthwhile story you know, like even if you took out the other stuff but yeah it you know right the ratio is a little bit off um the other big thing that episode one is trying to get over or the big purpose of it is it is showing how dracula is able to move his castle so and that's going to be important so at the end of the episode dracula just like Deadass moves his castle somewhere else. The whole thing transports. It's a really cool visual. It is cool, actually. yeah. And he's got this so, weird box that looks like that's what moves it, right? It's like an engine or something. Yeah, it looks like the thing that is in the save rooms of some of the Castlevania mm, games. Yeah, it's like so it's like 3D animated. It's got, you know, this show does a good job of, um, you know, at times using 3D animation to like highlight certain things. And it actually right. looks cool as opposed to like when we watch those like Pokemon movies and it's just like this guy flies around in a weird 3D animated ship, but it looks bad. <laughs> <laughs> yes, it does. Um, so, yeah, that is episode one of Castlevania. Uh, let's get on to episode two, Old Homes. And uh, we catch up with Trevor and Sypha. I think that they have smoldering chemistry. What do you think about that? Yeah, I think it's really well, it's not, it's smoldering in a different way. Like, yes. if we're talking about da Dastan and the princess or who whoever else, where it's like, like, it's just, they're going for this, like, lusty, sexual, you know, kind of tension. Where in this, it just, it, like, they really sell you uh, throughout the season by the end of it that, like, that they just have, like, a nice relationship and care about each mm -hmm. other. You know, they don't, they don't go the, like there's definitely, they, all the characters in the trio kind of like jab at each other and, and, you know, have that sort of like dynamic. But at the same time, there is some, there are some nice moments of connection. So they, they stray away from doing the, like, I hate you. So I want to kiss you type thing. And so yeah, I, 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 I think it. that it's really good. Um, Saifa to me is just like the right balance of like, like sweet, but not like overly sugary, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, like, like a, a sweet in a realistic way, given the context of what's going on. Um, I, yeah, I think that the chemistry actually between all three of them is really great, particularly like, when, whenever Alucard and Trevor like get into it, I think is like hilarious. Yeah. Like, when, what are you guys, children? No. Fuck off and die. Eat shit. Like. <laughs> yeah, that kind of stuff can sometimes be in, you know, in a lot of stuff, pretty annoying. But in this, it's 
it's funny and charming and yeah and in in their in their relationship the two of them like they both feel like real people <laughs> like they're fleshed out characters i think enough and you know again it sells you on the f- that they would care about each other so like the fact that we like get a, a relationship that's like two active participants you know it it it's <laughs> like wow there's logic to this <laughs> um i will say that as a counterpoint to the criticism that this trio of heroes don't really do much this season I, like i again i don't disagree with that but to augment that or to at least combat that we do get scenes of like them building up their relationship and like building up their trust and and ha- understanding each other and stuff like that which is like a way to it's a it's a way to keep you know the show on them and like check back with them and what they're doing but it also builds up the bonds between the three so i think that it does a good job of that as well yeah definitely and it definitely pays off yeah i agree for sure um so our three heroes are discussing what the hell they're going to do and trevor has the bright idea which actually is a bright idea i don't know why i said that sarcastically <laughs> uh <laughs> to go to the old belmont hold which is an underground uh basically vault underneath the ruined belmont mansion so that's what our heroes are going to do um over on the dracula side we have got a hot vampire mama alert meet <laughs> carmilla carmilla Oof. okay that's her name i like carmilla Oui, i like carmilla too yeah <laughs> um so she makes the absolute most bold entrance that anyone could possibly make she comes in late when all of Dracula's generals are squabbling, basically calls out Dracula for not turning Lisa into a vampire. Um, and then, like, stands up to Dracula privately as well and gets herself put on the war council. Or council. This was uh, this was quite an entrance. Yeah, it was. And I think you get to see her character as a good counterpoint from as from Dracula, you know. Mm-hmm. So we'll be exploring that for sure. So right away, you can tell that uh, early, like I got the sense of like right away, like she's obviously not loyal to anybody but herself. Like she's in it for herself, which I think is a really cool element to add to the show. Um, going back, actually, I want to, I do want to touch back before we move on really quickly. Um, there was a really, really good scene where Alucard is explaining to Trevor just about and by extension to the audience um just about how much of an asset dracula could have potentially been for mankind and what basically a tragedy ending his life is is going to be i i thought that that was like such a good scene because it it just sold you like the tragedy of dracula and like it like it it gave him dimension as well and and as well like it it made sense to hear the son of dracula just kind of you know, talking about his dad and talking about how smart he was, talented he was, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. This is one of my favorite scenes in the in the episode. Yeah, it really pays off too. Like at the end of the season. Um. So yeah, really, really good scene. There's a pretty badass fight scene actually between all three of them as well. They all look pretty good. Yes. Yeah. There's a lot of there's a lot of sick action in this season too. Like compared to the last season too. Like which had some cool stuff. This is like majorly stepped up, I thought. Uh, yeah, I agree. 
Um, okay, so here we go. We're going to get some insight into Isaac now in episode two. Um, I I don't want to use the word um, I don't want to use the word fanatic, but he has one of the, like he he's very much devoted to Dracula. Yeah, he he has one of those, and I tried to look it up what they're actually called, and I couldn't quite find it. But he has one of those belts with the barbed wire on it that he hits himself in the back <laughs> yeah. with. It's kind of like uh, penance, and he says it's for discipline and stuff like that. We get we get a scene of him. Uh, basically being whipped with said belt and then turning on a former master who he said that he loved and really just shows you why he despises humanity so much. So I thought that this scene was really good and kind of gives us a peek into who Isaac is as a, as a person. Yeah. And I guess it also shows like, cause he was whoever was it, was he like enslaved by the guy in the flashback or something, you know, like he's getting whipped by this guy, but he also, they also show like, his devotion to the guy while he's being whipped. So yeah. you kind of like get inside the his mind a little bit, <laughs> which is like his complete devotion. Actually, I think um, fanatic is maybe a great term for that because he's just so he's so um, loyal. Again, not <laughs> not single minded, but like once he makes up his mind, like that's it. Like he, as we'll see, he doesn't even consider um betraying dracula as so many of his other you know as so many of his other compadres do here on this war council yeah so isaac is telling dracula that alucard has resurfaced and uh is after them and has been seen traveling with a belmont and carmilla is using all this discord as as a way to kind of like really put herself in a position of power make herself look better and uh, she's basically shitting all over the rest of the War Council and trying to get into Dracula's good books, I thought. And that's how episode two ends with Carmilla basically calling out everybody. So we can see right away here that she's going to be a big time player in the season. Yeah, and a, a very um, based on this moment and like the response to it, like how much of a like tactician politician she can be. Mm hmm. Yep. And uh, she, you know, arguably she would have her plan would have succeeded if not for what appeared to be kind of like an unrelated intervention by the the Belmonts and Alucard and stuff like that. Like I, she probably would have defeated Dracula or, you know, maybe I don't know. Yeah, something something she probably couldn't have foreseen. And it's so crazy. Yeah. So. Here we go. Episode number three. Uh, shadow battles and this was uh this is a good one as well because we get some more details on hector's past and really kind of learn how how naive hector really is or like how his eyes aren't fully open to the situation um he meets dracula one year prior to everything going on and uh dracula like this actually struck me when we watched this flashback scene Dracula is really just a heartbroken man. I think actually Hector said he was the embers of a man instead of a full flame. And I thought that that was a good line. Mm, yeah. So, I mean, Dracula just really looks uh, dejected and like not the powerful Dracula that we know him as. Basically, Dracula is selling Hector on his war effort and joining his campaign 
but kind of makes the suggestion to Hector that instead of completely eradicating humanity, they're going to cull them, uh, reduce them to basically livestock as if humanity were like cattle or something like that, and that it will be quick and that it will be uh, merciful. And to all of us, we know right away that this is not what Dracula actually wants. He's just needs a forge master. So interesting to see that Isaac is, he's very trust or Hector, I'm sorry, is very trusting. Yeah. It, I think they do a good job of establishing like w- why he would believe him. Why, why like, Oh, this sounds like a good plan to me, <laughs> you know? It is like, and this is a reoccurring thing for, for Hector, I feel like, but he, he very much seems like he's easily like swayed and persuaded and like for a guy in his position like working with these cutthroat vampires like he's not the sharpest knife in the drawer i don't think i think i don't know i think they could do a good job of showing i liked how you said what you said how night like kind of naive or like you know maybe he's just unsure you know i i don't think he ever looks like like stupid or anything just more that he's He's the the good flip side of Isaac, I guess, kind of like the other side of the coin where Isaac is like pure devotion, you know, where he's kind of like he has an idea about what he thinks he wants. But like he's not totally sure how how or who is like the best way to get there, you know. You can can see how he could be manipulated. It seems reasonable, you know, he doesn't seem like a like a dope or anything. I just think that, like, there's the difference is illustrated in a later episode when um, Isaac is talking to Dracula and he he basically says, like, like something along the lines of, like, if you're lying to me, it doesn't matter because you're Dracula and the truth is yours alone and no one is entitled okay, to that. Yeah. Not even me. Where, like, Hector is just like, OK, I believe you. Like, we're going to do exactly what you say. And then he seems stunned when Dracula's lying or other characters are lying. Okay, yeah. I don't know. To me, to me, and we'll get there in a little bit, but there wasn't... I, I didn't feel like a whole lot of sympathy for uh, for our boy Hector in this show for being constantly duped over and over again. I felt like he just wanted to, like, hang out with his pets. <laughs> Pretty much, <laughs> and yeah. he's like, I'll take the quickest path to that. Well, uh, this was another um, a really, really good line that I thought uh, really kind of emphasizes or it's very apropos to what is actually happening with Dracula. Godbrand goes in and he's actually asking like a pretty decent question to, to Dracula. Like, like what the hell are we going to eat if all the, if all the humans are eradicated um, and Dracula basically tells him to fuck off. And Godbrand is saying like, this isn't a war. It's a suicide, which I thought was very, like very apropos. Yeah. Yeah. It's a death cult. Is <laughs> essentially what it is godbrand represents another good side of this where you know you have the death cult and then you have carmilla who's like wants the power and to control everything and then you got godbrand who's like i think what they say about him earlier he just wants to eat and fuck and build ships you know (laughs) (laughs) pretty much so he's he's fine with the punishment as long as you know he can keep doing it (laughs) And you, and you really see Carmela like stroking the flames of this upcoming mutiny. I thought that this was like just so good, it, and it was it was great to see a villain 
like a just a straight up villain in this show because Dracula like he's a villain but he's a shades of gray villain where Carmilla to me was just very like yeah like oh, yeah. she has some dimension to her as well but like she's a bad I'm bitch sure. For sure yeah and they're also I think they're probably gonna they're holding off on she's like now the main antagonist for season three mm-hmm. so I don't know what happened but I assume you know we're gonna get more about her character too I'm not gonna lie. I'm probably gonna watch season three tonight because I'm I'm on this Castlevania shit. Right I get now. <laughs> that. Yeah, it's good. So one thing I um, on uh, the flip side of everybody hanging out in at the Belmonts' house for a while, uh, there was a lot of interesting stuff and in action going on with the vampires. But I thought their like war council situation was kind of weird, where they're all just like standing in that hall talking. Like, don't they have like a like a like a war room, you know, like a desk thing. So that <laughs> like it felt like like witnessing a like a cutscene in a JRPG where you like walk in, and everyone's just kind of like standing there awkwardly and in various scattered positions. And like, yeah, like here you go. <laughs> Here's a theory, and I'll make an excuse for the show here. I think that that really underlines the point that there is no strategy to what Dracula's doing. They're just attacking stuff just to destroy it, and that's what's setting off people like Godbrand and Carmilla. That's fair. <laughs> I get, that's pro- that's probably a really big excuse actually, but that's the best I got. It also like I don't know, maybe vampires don't like to sit. <laughs> they don't need to sit yeah. down. I don't know. <laughs> They're just hanging from the roof. Dracula is the down. only one who likes. He like is sulking in a chair constantly. <laughs> but other than that, everyone like, else is pretty peppy. Yeah, no kidding. Um, all right, checking back with our three heroes over at the uh, the Belmont Mansion. I thought that it was like fucking hilarious how like Alucard was just tossing those boulders like they were nothing while Trevor was just like struggling to lift (laughs) even the even the smallest one yeah yeah good shit very very emasculating stuff it was good shit um I I really loved actually the and I don't know if you noticed this or made a big deal of it but I really loved how they mentioned Leon Belmont yeah in uh in this episode because um I mentioned the the PlayStation 2 game that um Hector and Isaac are from Curse of Darkness. Uh, Leon Belmont is actually from the PlayStation 2 game Lament of Innocence, which is basically like the Castlevania origin story. It tells um, tells the origins of Vampire Killer, the whip, tells the origins of how Dracula became Dracula, tells the origins of why the Belmonts eternally hunt Dracula. It's actually like a super, super sick story. So I really hope that like... Maybe maybe when the Trevor Alucard story concludes that we can get like a flashback into the early days of Dracula, Leon and stuff like that. I think that'd be really cool. Yeah, I'd be, I, I wonder what they would do because Dracula is long gone now. Well, not long gone, but he's dead. Spoilers. Mm-hmm. Um, I do. I do just like the suggestion of it because it it shows that there is, you know, so much of a history to it. Like, I think they picked such a good point in the timeline to jump in where there's already some stuff going on you know it's not a this is not an origin story you know what i mean like they didn't waste us with a lot of time with the origin story we just kind of got into the meat of the story right away right and and this is the best point in the castlevania timeline to get all of like your your big like players in as well like you got alucard the belmont uh the what the hell Sypha's last name? Bonatus? Something like that? Oh, I don't know. So they're they're a big they're a big client of Castlevania anyways, whatever. So what is, it is. this? But, what yeah, what game is this kinda around the period of like the third, fourth game? 
Um, yeah, so this is Castlevania Rondo of Blood and Symphony of the Night. Okay. And kind of Castlevania 3. Okay. Is kind of where we're at. Because, yeah, then there's... Okay, so they've moved beyond the, like, the original trilogy or whatever. Yeah, so, I mean, we have... Like, basically, it starts off Rondo of Blood and, uh goes into like a symphony of the night ends with dracula being defeated by oligard okay um which is like kind of the same thing here yeah. i mean it, they're not obviously to- they're taking some totally. different paths but yeah um the last very important thing about this episode is that uh trevor finds morning star not vampire killer but morning star which is a uh a legendary vampire hunting whip yeah, and uh, they they break into the Belmont library, and they're gonna stay there for the next couple episodes. <laughs> I actually I meant to research this before we started um, recording, and I didn't. But I I did wonder why they had Morningstar, not Vampire Killer. Um, I don't. I you would be better to guess at this than I would. Uh, yeah. I mean, I don't. I don't even know if that's actually like a like a whip in the Castlevania. Um lore or in oh whatever. like if it's actually from the games yeah i don't uh let's see it's usually the highest form possible for the vampire killer whip okay so uh, i just uh, i gotta get my shit straight that is a that is a vampire killer thing i think morningstar actually looking at it is the little thing that's on the end of the whip yeah so okay so it is vampire killer essentially yeah okay vampire killer say, maybe they had a problem name. with the name yeah <laughs> Like, I, I don't think this show would have a problem saying, like, Vampire Killer, you know? <laughs> like No, 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 definitely not. Yeah, I don't know. All right, let's get over to episode four, Broken Mast, and shout out to that fucking title, because we're going to see why it's called that. <laughs> um, I just, uh, th- this is, again, kind of like what we were talking about earlier. Um, really great scenes of, like, Alucard and Trevor at each other's throats. You can understand why Alucard is, like, really aghast at being in the Belmont hold. Uh, I oh, think he, yeah. as he says it, it's basically a museum dedicated to the eradication of my people. Yeah. Which strong line right there. <laughs> I like, yeah, I like, I don't know. There's just so much um, complicated stuff with, with these characters. I, the, I love, that's another element I liked where, especially him being, you know, half vampire, half human. I think they do a good job of, you know, exploring that, even though that mm-hmm. could be, that could be a very, I don't know, like you've seen that kind of thing done before in stories. Yeah. So there's a lot of stuff in this where it's like, you know, this could be this could be really cheesy and and, you know, tropey, but they find an interesting way to to explore it all. I just remember thinking like um, it didn't even cross my mind when I was watching it the first time that Alucard would be upset by like all the shit dedicated to killing vampires because I was like, well, he wants to kill Dracula. So like, but then it's like, you're reminded that like, well, Alucard is half vampire. So of course that this, this disturbs him and bothers him and kind of, uh, kind of maybe proves the point that perhaps inherently all vampires aren't bad, which, um, you know, I, I think is a good theme for Castlevania to have. It'll, we also get a nice scene actually too, between, uh, Trevor and Sypha again, kind of like one of those, relationship building moments that doesn't feel like you said tropey or cheesy yeah i think the writing is just really good i like and the dialogue is really good and the voice acting is it all sells it really well 
Actually, yeah, the voice acting is absolutely fantastic across the board in this show. Yeah, like... Uh, uh, we, we don't really touch on that too much, but, like, it's really good. Yeah, I don't remember who... Pl- I, Richard Armitage is one of the people. I don't remember the other performers, but I know they're all good. They, like, they deliver their lines with subtlety. Like, it, it's almost like they're talking low and precise, but they're still impactful. I think so. I think that they do a very good job. Is this something we might have said this in the first season too? But like, it it also like because a lot of this stuff is so it's so over the top in terms of violence and like co- concept. It's so ridiculous. But like they play it just in the right way. Like they play it straight. You know, they don't take it too seriously, but they do take it seriously, and it's it's really good. It I I really enjoy how they play that kind of stuff Mm -hmm. i agree um okay so that's really what the our heroes are up to the rest of this episode is pretty much devoted to the war council and again we see carmilla really really pushing hector hard about this uh this mutiny of hers even to the point where like she's literally spelling out her plan and saying like like i'm gonna betray him and and summon my troops here Mm -hmm. so it's not just a hypothetical mutiny anymore it's like this is happening so like she is just like ballsy as fuck. Yeah, you know, you know where she's trying to go with this. And it's also funny that she is clever enough to identify Hector as the one that can be influenced the uh, the most easily, I guess. Um, so it's it's interesting to see how she's going after him, and it, it makes me respect her as like a villain and builds her up as like an intelligent antagonist. Yeah, I think you can kind of see that Isaac would not be your route to Dracula, you know? Yes, he would. No, he wouldn't. <laughs> um, speaking of Isaac, uh, we do get a a flashback of him. And uh, I like, I think that Isaac is maybe the most interesting character in the show. If not the most, then one of the most. Um, you you kind of sympathize it, with him, right? You you kind of do, but like he's just so there's something about him like he like he's so single minded almost in in what he sets out to do. Um, the the relationship between him and Dracula I think is like really really interesting. Um, you can see that Dracula is more honest with Isaac than anybody in his entire council. Uh, and in return, Isaac is the most loyal. And go- kind of going back, I think this is when Isaac says something, that line about, like, he nobody deserves Dracula's full trust except for Dracula himself. Mm-hmm. So, like, Isaac knows what Dracula is. He knows the situation. He He's just, like, he's that presence to me. I don't know. I just think he's so interesting. Yeah, and he, you know, we talk about, we'll, we'll see it, but, like, we talk about how uh Hector's a bit more malleable but like they do I mean they do end up pulling one over on Isaac but it's through like she almost uses Hector as like this buffer for it you know yeah exactly that and that's a really good scene too and actually I think that's next episode yeah <laughs> so we'll, we'll um, see that so yeah we'll we'll get there quickly but um yeah I just uh Isaac to me just seems so smart and like he he seems like like Dracula respects him. You know what I mean? And oh, like yeah. Dracula doesn't seem like respects a whole lot of other people. Like he tolerates Godbrand. He obviously doesn't really trust or like Carmilla. Maybe respects, I don't know, but 
I think that the dynamic between the two is like really, really uh, fantastic. Yeah, they really um, show like there's a, there's a line later when Dracula like sends him flying through that mirror or whatever. I forgot what he says to mm-hmm. him, but it really it just kind of sums up their whole relationship. I'm sorry, I took that choice away from you or something like that. Yeah, but ba- yeah, basically like you know, okay, you that was a, that was a great scene. Yeah, good good stuff. <laughs> Well, you know what else is good stuff? Uh, <laughs> our uh, our boy Godbrand oh, comes yeah. and uh, and basically, uh, I don't know what the fuck he was thinking here, but he comes and he's just like, "Hey, Isaac, we got a plan. We're gonna we're gonna mutiny against Dracula and we're gonna take him out. Uh, are you in?" This fucking scene, <laughs> man. So Isaac is basically like playing him along a little bit. And I don't know what Godbrand was thinking, but he turned his back, and Isaac just brutally murders him. It's so good. It was so shocking. Like, I oh man, I knew this wasn't gonna like sit well with him or whatever. But I was not expecting this show. This show is gross sometimes. I loved it. Yeah, yeah. I was expecting him to like to like report to Dracula, and I was actually kind of fearful for Isaac in this situation because I was like. Okay, well, obviously, God, Godbrand bought uh, backup, and if he says no, then they're gonna take him out. But like, God damn! Yeah, what 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 did he do to him? I'm I'm looking this again because it was very very gruesome. Oh, he choked. Yeah, he like he choked him with his barbed wire belt, whatever the fuck that's called. Um, he stabbed him in the heart. He stabbed him a bunch of times, and basically, Godbrand disintegrated into dust. Yeah, because he stakes him right. There's this amazing yeah. shot where uh, when he, he like chokes him or something and like you just see it from Isaac's perspective and like the blood kind of like sprays onto his face. And then when he stabs him, uh, he bursts into flames and uh, Isaac remains on like on top of him. So you really get that he like can he's OK with like this pain, you know, like he can stand on top of fire and you know tolerate it it's it's fucking unreal yeah Yeah. and actually that's a good that's a good point that you just made too because i think when godbrand first comes he's like why the hell do you whip yourself and isaac is basically like discipline or whatever yeah so he's used to the pain (laughs) and then he that's what he kills him with later it was that was good stuff oh that was that was i think the most shocking moment of this entire season oh yeah (laughs) <laughs> probably well there's some other brutal murders but that one was just so surprising that it happened yeah all right let's get over to um to episode five let's keep it moving this is the last spell um we start off again with a good scene between hector and isaac and you can basically the two of them are talking in the daylight away from all the vampires and i think that they're trying to basically like suss each other out here and see where each other stands because everybody knows that there's mutiny in the air and um i was like i was kind of surprised that isaac agreed to go along with this plan but again to your point i think it's because everybody just underestimates hector so much that he was actually able to you know pull the wool over isaac's eyes yeah and i think it it like sells it as like this is not a betrayal like like that's because that's what the conversation revolves around and we just saw Mm -hmm. what happens when 
he witnesses a betrayal, you know? So you're that's kind of in the back of the mind the whole time. But what I like is there's kind of a, you know, Hector knows something like that. He would do that. So, like, he's really the best person to convince right. him to be okay with it for them, him and Hector to look kind of present that to Dracula, you know? And he convinces him as, like, this is not a betrayal, but this will this will kind of calm the people down and, you know, sure, it'll boost Carmilla a little bit, but, you know, it'll at least kind of, kind of, like, unravel some of this tension a little bit. Um, I guess we should mention, too, that basically the point of contention here is where to, um, where to move Dracula's castle to. I think Isaac had originally wanted to move it to, uh, some other town, and, uh, Carmilla wanted to move it to Brela, which is where her forces are, and uh, not exactly where Alucard and uh, Trevor were, which is w- where I think Isaac wanted to move it. I think that's right. Yeah, so it's not something like, you know, it's like we just, it's about picking the next strategy, basically, right. is what they think. So f- there's obviously more to it, which I suppose you could say, like, maybe they should have thought about that, but I maybe they did acknowledge that, too, like. We got to look out for her still, but, you know, you could Mm -hmm. be sold that like, yeah, she just wants to, she kind of wants to just take the reins a little bit. And they thought, you know, let's give her a little bit of a leash, you know? Yeah, I I think that's it. I don't think anybody was expecting for Carmilla to like full on betray Dracula in the sense of like a frontal assault, which is what basically what she has planned. Right. So I, again, I could see why. Isaac is kind of like, like, okay, fuck, whatever, let's just do it. This was also just kind of a nice scene, too. It was like, you know, we're normally in a basement of the mansion or in a castle, and it's kind of like this peaceful outdoors. It's beautiful. Hmm. It's daytime. You know, I like... Lots of animals. Yeah, there was like a calmness to it. And and they kind of, too, are like talking about their, you know, their philosophy of how they approach these things. And I liked it as like a character moment between the two of them. I, I agree, actually. And you kind of see Isaac um, in this moment again when Hector is questioning, like, why don't we do this? It makes more sense. And basically all Isaac has to fall back on is like, it's because we don't do that because that's not what Dracula wants. Yeah. So it's it's weird because like he's he's really uh, he's really like taciturn, but then he's not at the same time. Yeah, they I mean, they both. Yeah, they're both elements to them where like their tactics stop at a certain point i guess um but yeah i agree it was a really nice scene i think between the two especially if we're going to go down the curse of darkness path i think that the building up the the kind of synergy between the two because they're obviously going to be very important to each other going forward here is is a cool move i will say this is again where i'm watching this and i'm like okay like hector what in the world makes you think that you can trust Carmilla. Um, you know what I mean? Like, like sure. Dracula lied to you about calling the humans, but like what makes you think that she isn't going to do the exact same? I don't know. I don't think, I don't think he fully, it's like about trusting her necessarily. Um, I, I think she just convinces him that like, this is the right thing to do for now, you know? Well, she, well, I don't know, because then, like, basically, like, Carmilla's selling 
Hector on the idea that that Dracula's got to die and like he's lost his mind and stuff like that. So I I don't know someone that cutthroat to me, like even if they're explaining it the way that she does, which is like this is the best thing to do. It's the only thing to do. I I don't know. I I still would have been a little bit more weary. Maybe I'm just a cynical motherfucker. Yeah. I yeah, I think. Yeah, I guess that's true. I feel like they, I don't uh, know. They sell him uh, as like like just wanting to, you know, I think hang out with his pets. I think so. I think uh, he's just trying to remove distractions as much as possible. Like like they, I, I guess they don't they never to me sell me on like that. He's like in any way like loyal to her, I guess is what I mean. And like he just becomes implicated, you know, <laughs> to the point where he can't be go back to Dracula. Right. Well, uh, nevertheless, the, uh, the, the trio of generals there convinced Dracula to move the castle to Brela and like Dracula, you can tell just like, doesn't give one fuck about where they go. He just wants to kill things. So he, he could, you could really get the sense that like he is losing it. Yeah. Yeah. No, <laughs> definitely. Actually, sick flashback scene, too, with Dracula just, like, slaughtering the fuck out of people. Like, this show is so goddamn gory. It's <laughs> that, awesome. That was what I meant. This was the combination of horrifying and, like, kind of badass. <laughs> like, it's literally just a scene <laughs> of him, like, ripping up this town. It's so, it's so gruesome. It's pretty awesome, though. It's fucking sweet. He's just like, it, there's there's so much blood that it's outrageous. Yeah. <laughs> it's so good. He's playing with God um, mode on, basically. <laughs> dude, so I'm, I'm watching this, though, and he's like, he's picking motherfuckers up and he's crushing their throats and stuff like that. And I'm like, why didn't you just do that to Trevor at the end? Uh, Questions that don't need to be asked. He could, I, I think. think he could take he could take him. <laughs> yeah, OK, OK. You, oh, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. 100%, you gotta be strategic you when you're fighting him. a Belmont, you know. Oh yeah, okay, <laughs> good answer. Um, speaking of the Belmonts, let's check back with them. They don't really do a whole lot this episode. This is the one where I was noticing. I'm like, okay, like we've been in here for two episodes yeah. here. Like we got to get going. And here. also, so I'm I'm thinking they they're kind of aware about their their whole plan, you know, and the, and they eventually are like. Well, no, actually, they're aware that there's a Belmont and Alucard out there, right? Um, but mm -hmm. do they ever, they don't really ever, uh, you know, be like, maybe we should, like, go send someone to, like, check check on that. You know what I mean? Well, Carmilla does, which is, uh, that's what she was beating everybody up about in episode two at the end, where she's like, why the fuck aren't we sending people to um, to check up on them? But I think also Isaac wanted to go to the town near them or something like that. I'm not really sure, actually. Yeah, I just feel like nothing ever came of it until we were saying how, like, they couldn't have seen the whole castle moving coming, which I think is true. But also, like, you know, maybe just try to go investigate it. Like, it's fine if they want to hang out in the in the house for a couple episodes, but, like, mm -hmm. even, you know even in this one specifically, if they had just like had one little thing to do, maybe some interaction with the bad guys, you know, maybe, maybe not God brand. If he was around, you know, like you don't need to go, he, you know, maybe you could just go have a fight, you know, <laughs> just one fight or something, you know, a bit of agency other than, you know, hiding in the, in the basement. I, I will say that like, I did like that at least 
the show kind of, I don't know, sold you on the idea that like, okay, you've got this giant ass library. You don't know how to stop Dracula's castle from moving. I feel like if they would have found the solution like right away, it would have been kind of like, roll your eyes oh, grown yeah, a little yeah. bit but like whatever maybe though so at, at least i like that it could have done but i i agree with it's you it's pretty rare i said well i said this about the first season but it could have maybe done with just like another episode so they had more time to where maybe maybe the castle becomes kind of or the mansion or whatever becomes their like base of operations you know so they're they're, yeah. they're working on this thing but in the meantime like oh we gotta go like fight you know like, just in- interact even, with some of the villains a little bit more, you know? Even if they would have had a fight between Alucard and Trevor, another one, or, like, a squirmish or something like that, where Alucard is just so horrified by all this stuff, and, like, the tensions are boiling over, and they start fighting, even that, I think, would have mm-hmm. sufficed. But I think uh, it, uh, it it really is just about, at the end of the day with them, it's about Alucard having to kill Dracula. You know, it's kind of a holdover from season mm-hmm. one. And I think where they leave the show now with all these characters in kind of different areas, you know, we don't just have the two crews. Like, I think we're set up more now for some more very varied character interactions. You know, we've we've established enough of the characters to where and we'll probably have new ones. So, yeah, I don't think there's going to be any lulls in season three, which, uh, you know, according to critics is just as good if not better than season two so i can't wait to watch that um one one shout out i gotta give here roll tide on the box of uh, penis charms that safa finds <laughs> <laughs> fuck i thought that was funny yeah, that's, that's pretty good <laughs> all right so we finally finally have a solution to lock that damn castle or not even lock it to move it i think is what they're trying to do actually so safa finds something but as soon as she does uh, once you know, forces arrive at the Belmont Hold, and our heroes are under attack. So we are gonna start episode six off with uh, some hot and heavy action here. Um, episode six, the river. Sypha and Alucard are trying to to lock on to the castle, and just as they do, the castle is moved again. Um, so basically, Alucard is fixing this mirror that you can see through, and you can see other things or whatever. Um, basically, yeah. it's a magic mirror, and that's all you need to know. Yeah, it's pretty cool. So Alucard is fixing that. Saifa is is conjuring up the spell, so that basically leaves Trevor alone to <laughs> hold the fort and fight this all these so these sick. monsters. This is it's funny because he does it. He it's kind of a gauntlet of bosses that like they yeah. could have been they could have been fighting these throughout the you know what I mean like the that's the pacing thing is like he could have they could have had these come throughout the season you know like. Oh, it was it was it was awesome, still though. sweet like, though. The one after the other, it was like literally boss rush mode, but in season two of a Netflix. The show. next two episodes, I feel like, are just like completely action packed with a lot of good character moments in there. Mm-hmm. But it it does feel like the final act of like you know the big the big showdown in a movie, you know, where it's like now the the rest the final portion of this is just going to be this big action sequence, which it it was, it was crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, it took, it took a couple episodes for the war council story to kind of catch up to the Belmont story. But like now that we're here, um, if things are really kicking into the next gear, so the castle is officially moved to Brela. 
So now we're gonna have um, now we're gonna have battles going on on two different fronts here. So we got Trevor defending the keep against this rush of bosses, which is fucking sweet. And then Carmilla's forces um, basically invading Dracula's castle. So really, like lots of action going on here. It's I had an observation. Oh, go ahead. Tell me what you think about okay. this. To me, I when I was watching this and Trevor was using his whip, I was just like. This thing reminds me of Spawn's cape. Okay. Yeah. Because like, you know how Spawn's cape is like, it's always like this infinite length and it can, it looks really cool and does all these twists and flips and shit. But like, it, like, it's not really, it's not bound by physics and it's just like, oh, it's yeah. seemingly like a hundred feet long sometimes, but like, like 10 feet long some other times. Yeah. No, that's the same, that's the same kind of energy I get from the more. <laughs> I start. had that same observation of like, like the fact that it's a whip, but like. You couldn't do a normal whipping motion with this thing. It seems yes. impractical, but like it, the way it looks really cool, and like the choreography. I don't know if you want to call it choreography, but what is essentially the fight choreography of this is so well done with it. It looks awesome, and it explodes yeah. the the vampires. Does it not? Like it, any of the monsters, like it hits them with it and they blow up. Oh, it looks so fucking yeah, cool. Yeah, it's cool. And they, they do a good job of, like, kind of taking it away, and then he's fighting with, like, some sticks or, like, bones or something. And like, <laughs> I've got a wooden stick. That's what he says, yeah. And that stuff looks really good. There's a lot of different... It reminds me of... It, you want to go and listen to the outtakes to to know what we're talking about, but in, in John Wick Chapter 3, where they, they kind of think of different types of sequences you know it's not all just whip yes. whip whip and it's all executed so well they bring in the different characters into the fight they all have like these different dynamics i think it's super well done yeah i i totally agree like what everybody is doing makes sense it, it makes sense why trevor has to face all these guys alone and actually like alucard gives a really compelling speech too and he's like okay it's time for you to decide, Trevor. Are you the last son of a dynasty family? Or are you some lucky drunk? <laughs> and I thought that that was a really cool line because, like, you've seen Trevor kind of rise to the occasion, but like now, now it's like legit. Like now, like we have Dracula in our grasp. We can maybe end this, but like you know, you got to rise up and become what you were meant to be. I thought that was really good. Yeah, show. and it's cool because like the first, the first fight we see him in, he in the series, like he kicks a lot of ass, but they show that he's kind of like he's kind of a drunk and it's it's like a brawl you know and you know and and mm -hmm. he's like kicking knives into cyclops's eyes so he's he's always impressive but here you just see him like at at his peak and it's it's pretty awesome here here's another observation because i started rewatching castlevania from season 1 so that sam could get caught up uh -huh. i don't think i don't think there is a single ball shot in season 2 there were multiple mm. in season one. Yeah, yeah. Th I, that that seems uh, that seems like a misstep. I think. <laughs> I, I agree with that. That was fuck that line of Alucard when Trevor kicks him in the balls just fucking gets me still. Like we watched it the other night. Please, this isn't a bar fight. <laughs> fuck, that's good shit. <laughs> that shows his uh, um, his yeah. evolution. You know. <laughs> <laughs> be who you were meant to be. Stop kicking people in the balls. Hit him with your he whip honorably instead. fights these demons. 
There you go. I, to be fair, I don't know how much a kick in the balls would do against some of these monsters. Yeah, anyways. let's be fair. Yeah, he's not fighting any ball-based creatures. <laughs> yeah, so here we go. We've got we've got the big uh, the tussle going on in the castle. Uh, Carmilla's forces are invading. And, like, in a sense, again, this is where I'm just like, I kind of feel bad for, for how much Carmilla just, like, dresses him down and is just like, like, I never respected you, you were gullible, but now you're in on it with me, so, like, we're in this together no matter what. So, like, I kind of feel bad that, that Hector was just dressed down like that, but, at, again, at the same time, I'm like, I don't know, man, like, I just feel like you should have seen this coming. Uh, yeah, I guess so. I mean, at this point, there's nothing he could have done, you know, like. <laughs> yeah. But he, I mean, he forged reinforcements for I, 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 Yeah, I don't know. I just think that's kind of the point is that he had simple desires that were easily taken care taken advantage of. And now he's stuck, you know, but like that that's going to be that's the setup for his character. Like his his arc is going to be probably the struggle with her, you know, or like, does he, does he embrace that more or does he go against her, you know? And I'm sure there'll be stuff with him and Hector, you know? Well, see, and this to me is just like, fool me once. Okay. This is him being fooled once. And I'm like, yeah, okay. But you know, as, as we're going to see this fucker gets fooled again. I don't know, but we'll get there, I guess. Um, this is a cool scene actually. So, uh, Saifa is is using magic and they're using the magic mirror to basically try and move uh, Dracula's castle, which I believe the actual name of Dracula's castle is Castlevania. I, I oh. believe that's true. Okay. Yeah, I guess. So they're trying to move. <laughs> I think that's why I think that's why they call it that. I could be wrong, but they're trying to move Castlevania basically on top of the Belmont keep where they're they've been holed up in that library for the last couple days. And like she's getting some major resistance and it's like kind of flickering in and out, which I thought looked kind of cool. And eventually wham, bam, there you go. Once you know, Saifa pulls the fucking castle and lands it basically on top of the keep as planned. So Carmilla's plan is totally fucked, which I thought was <laughs> fantastic because like, again, she might've, she might've pulled it off if not for this completely unforeseen circumstance. Yeah. I love that scene was it looked incredible too i yep i agree and now we have our final battle and i was like i was ready for this um it had the proverbial big fight feel (laughs) yeah yeah. um episode number seven for love this is the one for all the marbles here alucard trevor belmont saifa we are inside Castlevania, and uh, we don't waste any time here at all. The warring vampires uh, between Carmilla's forces and Dracula's forces see these three fuckers, and they're like, all right, let's put our differences aside and whoop some ass, and we get a rockin' <laughs> fight at the top of the yeah, show. Yeah, it's pretty rockin'. Um, I actually think that Saifa looked maybe as good, if not better, than anyone else, which is kind of cool, because, like, usually she's in that support role, but, like, here she's making, like, blocks of ice that are vertically chopping people she's got like her ice bullets going out i thought she looked like really cool oh yeah there was there was some gruesome ice kills too i loved it 
Um, Alucard, I think, like, all he always looks really cool when he's fighting, but this fight in particular, yeah, the, he looked badass. Where he's controlling the sword while not holding oh. it. It's very cool, where he's, like, teleporting, and it's got a cool effect, almost like the game. Uh, yeah, yeah. It, yeah, it's ripped right from Symphony of the Night with that red kind of um, dashing or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like, when you dash in the game, it has that same red effect. He turns into a wolf, just like the game. He turns into a bat, I think, in another episode, just like the game. Yeah. I thought that this was, like, so fucking cool. Yeah, it was cool to see him kind of working together. And, yeah, it was pretty. It was really, again, like, every, all the, the animation was really well done. Like, you know, the the moves looked amazing. You know, it, it, it looked like, um I don't know, it looked like when you see really well done you know, fight choreography in a live action thing. Like they really put some effort into like selling this, even with all the magic and stuff, like making it look like a real fight and not just, you know, uh, not just like an over the top anime advent children. Yeah, not style. just the schmas, but, uh, you know, a real yeah. thing where like all the hits seem impactful and all the moves are, you feel, you feel it. It was really well done. I agree. Um, there's also a really rockin' remix of a piece of music from Castlevania going on in the background, and I couldn't quite mm. put my finger on what piece of music it is. So if anybody out there knows, uh, hit us up on Twitter at Virtual Theater X and right. uh, that's, educate that's us. That's what the show has been kind of missing, like we said in the first season. Mm-hmm. I think they got there a little bit more in this, but I still just want to hear Vampire Killer. Oh, Yeah. Fuck, that'd be good shit. Um, Speaking of good shit, before we get to our final, final battle here, one of my uh, favorite scenes actually in the entire season takes place between Isaac and Dracula here. So Isaac sees these guys and they're busting in and uh, causing some havoc and basically goes and warns Dracula and is ready to defend him until the death. And to to me, I don't know what, what you think about this, but like to me, it's almost just like, Dracula's faith in humanity is not quite restored, but like he's looking at Isaac, who is like really this merciless killer, and he finds the good in humanity through that. You know what I mean? Because like this human is willing to completely disregard his own well being, his own life to defend Dracula. And so I thought that it was like a very, very cool moment in Dracula's kind of story arc because he's just like, I don't know, maybe I'm projecting, but he's like, maybe not all humans are as awful as I think, because this one is willing to die for me. So he actually, like, saves Isaac, and you could really, I mean, you could debate that he would have probably, I I think he would have definitely won the fight with Alucard, Trevor, and Saifa if he had had Isaac there to back him up. Yeah, I think, yeah, I, I actually, I didn't think about that last thing you just said, like, where, like, maybe he just accepts that he has to die, but... I guess he fight he fights him still. So um so he puts up some sort of fight. I definitely believed in that moment like okay, he it's not a full turn like but he at least saw the value in saving this one person who was loyal to him. And that's that's mm-hmm. a big that's a big that's a big moment for someone who is like we've said leading a death cult where you want you and everyone else to die you know like the fact that he's like sacri- like you know s- saving him is is a big thing i think mm-hmm. i i thought that it was like 
such a great scene. And again, just it it makes Dracula not a monster. You know what I mean? Like he's committed all of this like awful shit, but like he he does the right thing for someone that's been loyal to him. Mm-hmm. Um, and also like I mean. You know, I'm sure they also did that to set up season three because Isaac is going to be a big part of that. But I just, yeah, I love this moment. I thought that it was like a kind of a humanizing moment for Dracula totally. as we get into this final battle. I think because then I think he goes on to continue with his plan, though conflicted. We'll see. But like, you know, he's at least like you can move along from this. But he he's like, I still got to go kill everybody. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. And I think this is the moment where he's kind of like accepting his defeat also, uh, even even more so than he already had been. Because, I mean, like like they say in the show, like Dracula died when Lisa died, truly. Mm-hmm. But yeah, th- this moment, I feel like he's just like, OK, all is lost. Like, you know, get out of here and I'll do what I have to do. But here we go. The final battle i i had like goosebumps watching this that's again, awesome. actually that's last great. night <laughs> alucard belmont sypha dracula i was like let's go yeah and fuck man this is one hell of a fight yeah this yeah i think you put it best like it's the big fight feel like damn like dracula's hits are bone shattering they just feel like like how is how is trevor belmont alive after being hit like that yeah and- or like or like little sypha like when he just like i think he backhands her at some point and she goes flying i was like she's dead <laughs> like fuck yeah he's uh he's a true monster heel <laughs> i in the truest sense of the word this is this is an awesome fight and uh one of the cool things about this fight too is you kind of see um especially when alucard and dracula are going into the different like areas when they're flying around you kind of see like hints of different areas of dracula's castle like you see the uh, the laboratory or like the mad garden or like like very very brief hints of all this like kind of uh classic castlevania areas so i thought that, that was cool yeah <laughs> some of this made me I think you mentioned it earlier with the Leon stuff, but seeing some of the stuff made me want like a, a, a Castlevania one, like, you know, revisit or something. Oh yeah. Like maybe even just a flashback scene or something, you know, in, in future seasons. Cause that for me, that's like my, that's the, those are the games I played a lot. And I love that kind of like that aesthetic, <laughs> that barbarian <laughs> ass aesthetic of the Castlevania, the original Castlevania. And seeing these just made me think of like, oh, it would be cool to like, you know, actually spend because we really haven't spent time here other than like Dracula, like being sad and stuff. (laughs) You know who I I just had a thought, somebody that was missing from Castlevania season one and two and maybe will show up in season three. I don't know. Is death because death is always like. He's kind of like the Ridley of the Castlevania series where yeah, like, he's yeah. the boss that you face before the final boss, like almost always. Um, and in some Castlevania games, actually in the Lament of Innocence game that I was talking about earlier, which is the the first game in the Castlevania timeline, he is the final boss. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I wonder if like I wonder if in season three you could kind of see Isaac transitioning into that 
death roll. I think that'd be cool. Yeah, I I think because before they just didn't have a lot of time. So it was very focused. But I think now they're expanding the world. Each season has like two more episodes than the last. So or even more than that. So it'll be, you know, that seems like an, uh, an obvious thing to get to. So that'd be cool. So this fight scene is just like absolutely rip rocking all around the castle. And eventually we get to a point where Alucard and Dracula are uh, fighting by themselves. And um, Dracula basically has Alucard beat and he's beating him to death. And he stops when they're in Alucard's old room. But he basically stops when when he realizes that he is about to murder his only son. And maybe more importantly, the last bits of Lisa that are left on this earth right. and like when he's just like i'm killing my boy it's like like such a such a heavy line like such a great line yeah yeah it was great and that's exactly what i mean by like he's still progressing with his uh his plan of like well you know i guess i i got to keep trying to kill everybody but like you just see the disintegration of like you know his um his will here you know like it, to continue doing it but like I guess at that point, what else can you do? Oh, it was it was such a great moment. You you basically see him just give up. He sits. I think he sits down for a bit, or he just stands. He does something, but he stops fighting. And you you see Alucard just really, really quietly impale him through the heart, and he he kills him. And it's it's not like. It's not like in a fight scene at the end of it where you're just like, that was an awesome finish. Like, you feel just pumped up. Like, this was just really sad. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah, the way the way he went, too, is so... I've never seen anything quite like it. It's... Man, it, it is... It's something else. Like, you... Uh, any Anybody listening, I'm assuming everybody listening has probably watched Castlevania Season 2, but if you haven't seen this fight in a while, go watch it again, because it rocks. The ending is so quiet and so masterfully done that um, it's it's incredible. If this doesn't win the VTA for Best Fight next year, I don't know what will. I'll tell you that. He, like, what happens to him? He, like, turns sort of to, like, dust a little bit, or, like, some kind of like he tra- his whole body transforms it's pretty gross looking but he like kind of keeps moving a bit uh like he i don't know he and then he's eventually i think i think trevor like hits him or something and he like vaporizes or something like that but S- trevor trevor ends up chopping his that's head what off it is. Yeah. um he he chops his head off and then Sypha uses some kind of magic which presumably permanently she kills like Dracula. burns him up or something right but like the way his yeah. body as he's still kind of moving forward towards Alucard, you know, not really alive, so it's kind of haunting. It's yeah, it's it's heavy it's, shit. It's but it, it was so masterfully it's done. Good, yeah. Yeah, it was really good. So that ends episode seven, and I mean that feels like like the end of the series right there. And and truth be told, it pretty much totally, is. Yeah. Episode eight, uh, end times. This is more of like an epilogue. Yeah, I liked I liked this. Kind though. of a I I yeah, I did too actually. Um especially cuz like I think that there is a lot of good payoff actually except for one thing which I will talk about. Oh. But um <laughs> well actually let's just talk about it now. I the only thing I didn't like about this episode was again how Hector was duped by Carmilla again. What was 
Um, so, yeah, wait, what? so Carmilla basically enslaves him and is just like, you're mine now. You're going to make my, my like army. Cause I gotta, I gotta get back up to full strength and I'm going to take this, this, uh, chance to seize the power gap in the vampire world. So before that, Hector was just hanging out with Carmilla, like basically guarding her during the daytime. And then says something along the lines of like, like, what are you going to do now? Like, what are your plans? And then is enslaved. And it's like, like, Hello? Like, she already betrayed you once. Like, why would you stick around? I don't know. To me, I was just like... Oh, I didn't even notice this. I guess I didn't know the time frame. Like, I thought he was still kind of stuck with her, but... Yeah. I don't know. I I mean, I'm sure you're right. That's going to set up a cool plot, I'm sure, for season three, where we're obviously going to have Hector, you know, being forced to make monsters for Carmilla, and we'll see what the payoff there is. Um, we've also got uh, Isaac out in the desert and he like fucking brutally murders <laughs> some other people who unfortunately also kind of reinforce his hatred of humanity. So yeah. Isaac is obviously going to be a big player in season. The three. scene is a little like on the nose <laughs> or whatever, but I, I liked it for sure. It is. It also, I think it goes a little bit long. Yeah, but you do see Isaac basically say like, "Okay, you know what? I'm going to build an army now of my own." So it'll be interesting to see him like leading instead of following. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is that's with Hector. That's still what he he hasn't figured out. Do you think maybe Mm because he because he kind of went through all his crap when he was a child? He murdered his parents or whatever. Do you think maybe with him it's just he? need someone to like tell him what to do you know like he's still kind of a child they say at heart so maybe he's just like i don't know like i guess she'll t- be the one to tell me what to do now you know she's she's mom now i, I lost my dad she's my mom i don't know we'll maybe. see i th- i think um, we have they're still we'll be getting there with both of them we'll see how they run into each other again I, I think, like, coming away from the season, I think that Isaac is the more interesting character to me than Hector. Although I do think that Hector has, like, a potentially pretty cool story arc in front mm-hmm. of him. Um, so we check back with Trevor and Saifa, and they basically agree to continue fighting together. And, like, I think they're, like, they're not quite dating yet, but they I think they will be by the time season three starts. That's what... You basically hear Sypha say, like, stay with me forever. Something yeah, like it's that. very cute. I liked it was kind of a touching scene. And I think, again, I liked how they've taken the time to get them together. They've, like, done the work where by the end of it, mm-hmm. too, they're still, you know, they, they really haven't actually done much. But, you you know, you see the, like, relationship, you know, blossoming. <laughs> so and I liked I liked yep. it how she was, you know. Tell him how he used to smell bad and all this stuff. <laughs> like, yeah, they make a good team. I think they they will work well together. And it, it did just had me excited about the prospect of them going on another adventure. Hopefully a more productive one. Yeah. And and like really she's outlining like like everything that's still left to do. And to me, I'm just like, okay, yeah, there actually is like quite a lot of pieces that we got to pick up here and do as well. So I think that was a good thing to kind of say for the audience as well. Yeah, just in general, the story was crafted well to where like they gave it a good ending for the season, which a good season of a show should do, but there's still so much more to do. 
I, you touched on it earlier, and I think this is actually a fantastic point and why I liked this scene a lot, like even subliminally. But like it takes place during the day and it's <laughs> yeah. light and it's happy. You know what I mean? We haven't like, gotten a lot of that, even when they were in Greshit or whatever. Like yeah, in season one. Like it's just dark and depressing. Yeah. Here's like they're hanging out, it's there's green and <laughs> you know, color good colors. Un- underrated in Castlevania, the color <laughs> yeah, <come> green. <laughs> Um, and then, of course, we see Alucard, who decides to stay inside of Castlevania. Trevor gifts him the Belmont Hold, so he has all the information of the humans and of the vampires. Very fitting. Very good, yeah. And, uh, <laughs> dude, the the season ends on him just breaking down under the weight of oh, it all. Oh, yeah. Well, not before, before, when they're saying goodbye. I wanted to point this out. He's saying goodbye, and he gives Trevor the finger. <laughs> pretty good yeah that was good uh, shit but yeah sorry i didn't mean to take away but this yeah that final moment of him crying was very sad it, it was it was very very well done it wasn't cheesy um it's it was great shit it, great it, shit yeah. it hit me right right in the field so there, there we go season two of castlevania uh you know what i think we did an okay job of, of moving that along actually no bad. no here we are this is a good time yeah we're, we're not too too far into this there was uh there was a lot of stuff in the season like just a lot of awesome moments that i thought like oh, i should write that down and mention it but it's there it's just too much to mention in the one show but overall i just think mm-hmm. the one thing that i really liked was like the the horror slash action scenes which is you know, kind of what you think of when you think of Castlevania, right? It's like a horror action game. Right. So I think that was almost every episode had something cool like that, that you don't normally see in a show, like a show like this, I guess. Um, and I would imagine for Castlevania fans, this is like a, like a dream come true, you know, like I can't imagine if we got something like this for like the Legend of Zelda or like any other franchise I love. It just... Oh, it just yeah. seems like such a, uh, not once in a lifetime, but, you know, like such a unique thing. So I, I consider myself like a pretty, pretty big Castlevania fan. Yeah. I've, I've played a lot of them. Um, this is, yeah, it's such a great adaptation. Like it, it truly walks a masterful balance between like taking inspiration from the source material, but like also crafting its own path, you know? Um, to me, the triumph of this season is like, I think like every character is really good. Like, you know, like even for me to be frustrated with Hector means that he's a good character. You know what I mean? Like he's making decisions that are wrong or whatever for me to be just like, just like Carmilla's obviously playing you. Like she's, she's smarter than everybody. Like that means that she's a good character. Uh, I thought that, uh, Isaac is super interesting. I, even Godbrand, for what he was, was, I think, a very important, interesting part of the story. Uh, Dracula, fantastic. The the camaraderie between the three main characters, I think, is also just off the charts. Like, I feel like every every character delivered. Like, there wasn't a single character where I was just like, ah, they're, they're kind of the weak link. Yeah, know? yeah. No, all the characters really well done, too. That was my that was my second favorite thing about the show. Oh fuck! Sorry. <laughs> uh, no, I no, also yeah. I actually really liked the uh, the political kind of 
machinations behind the scenes with like the war council i i think that some people might be a bit divided on that but i like the strategy of war and like everything like that i think is as interesting as like the fight scenes and stuff Mm -hmm. as well so i really liked that we spent a a little bit of time with that is it weird that i feel like this maybe this goes with them kind of hanging in the basement but i'd like to just see more of an adventure on the human level too you know i'd like to see them kind of going and meeting other people and you know dealing mm-hmm. with their problems and stuff like that not just like you know the, dra- I- the dragon the the vampire war you know i think that we'll probably get hints of that in season mm-hmm. three um especially obviously with um cypher and cypher and trevor uh cypher that could be their couple name. i love it because because that is a big that was a big (laughs) not a question because we know we know there's you know nuance in this but like the idea of like the human race is despicable i want to kill them all and it's like you know Mm -hmm. there are some humans in the show obviously but like let's and you know i guess they end the season by showing that interaction uh isaac has with some humans but you know it's like yeah let's let's see a little bit more of that world you know i mean one potential story element I I guess I could see is him going around and he's assembling this army is like, well, he's probably also going to maybe interact with some people, you know, and see different aspects of humanity right. again. So that could be cool. I, I think we're going to see that story play out with Hector in particular, actually, because I, I do think that Hector is going to be turned back to, you know, humanity side. Cause like oh, yeah. you see that with him already. We're like, he doesn't want to, like, he's against, like, slaughtering children. He's against needless suffering. So, like, there is still some humanity left in, in Hector. And I think that we're going to see him turn back. <laughs> Maybe not in season three, but uh, I think that, I think it's he coming. He just needs. <laughs> so, and I think seeing good humans is a part of that. Yeah, all he needs is to meet, like, a human to be his daddy. <laughs> then he'll be like, okay, I'll I'll go with you now. <laughs> Trevor Belmont. <laughs> yes, Trevor should be Hector's dad. Oh man, there you go. I'm like I said, I'm gonna start watching season three tonight, actually, because I just I wanna I wanna know what happens next. Yeah, yeah. I'm I'm actually I'm into it. I I I'm gonna get on this show, I think, sooner than later. So there we are. Uh critics were absolutely in love with season two. Um it's got a hundred percent awesome rating on Rotten Tomatoes. What the fuck are they called? Certified Fresh. It's certified Something fresh. like that on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. There you go. It's it's a nine point seven three out of ten. So it's it's absolutely rocking for every review site. The only criticism that any reviewers had was once again that our three main heroes were kind of um, in the background a little bit. But again, I think that's an extension of season one and kind of the circumstances of season one. So we had to catch the the war council up to where we were going. And I again, I didn't think it was that. I didn't think it was awful. If that's the worst thing about your show, then I'll take it. Yeah, no, everyone seems to love it. And season three, I'm we're going to have a good time with it. Absolutely. All right, let's just get it out of the way. Um, thumbs up, thumbs down. Obviously, this thumbs is a big up. thumbs up. Yep. Yep. It's real good. Yeah. <laughs> absolutely fantastic um even like even if you're not a castlevania fan it's just so well done yeah that, that it's hard not to yeah, love. only again casually as a fan i'm like fascinated by the world 
makes me want to play more. I said that last time. I never did, but, you know, now I got a lot of free time. Maybe I will this time. Uh, hey, Symphony of the Night is on uh, on sale, I want to say, on the oh, PlayStation Store. That sounds cool, actually. Actually, I've, I want to say that you can get a combo pack of Symphony of the Night and Rondo of Blood. And Rondo of Blood is more so the... Uh, the 2D Castlevanias that you like. Okay. It's it's more so in the well, vein I like of that, a good I, I like a good Metroidvania. Well, Goo, that's uh, that's about going to do it for us. Um, before we get out of here, though, we are excited to announce we're bringing the polls back. It feels like it's been a while since our last poll, but <laughs> by God. So much stuff came out, so we're not here even it. up to date on Castlevania, so. <laughs> yeah no we're not and and we're this isn't our our poll isn't going to be for the next show it's going to be for the next next yes. show so what's the next show <laughs> uh, next up next up we got dragon quest i don't even know what the hell the movie's called but it's the dragon quest movie on netflix um frankly it doesn't look very good but i know that dragon quest is uh is pretty it's a pretty big series and especially lately with the uh Dragon Quest 11 coming out on the Switch. A lot of people are into that, so seems like a good time to cover the Dragon Quest movie, so that's what is going to be next. Um, but, after that, we are excited to bring back the second ever Bowl Poll. Yes, it is time. <laughs> Our man Uwe has provided us with some um, absolutely unforgettable moments here on Virtual Theater, and we're hoping that he can do uh, just a little <laughs> bit, just a little bit more for us here in year two, so Without further ado, let's get over to the movies on our bowl poll. Goo, are you let's ready? Let's do it. <laughs> poll option number one in the bowl poll, Blood Rain. I think I actually own this movie. I think mm, I bought it for a okay. dollar at the at the buy and sell store. This will be continuing so, his uh, femme fatale trend. <laughs> yes. Yes. This is, uh, it's, it's kind of like a vampire-y movie. I think so, I think. yeah. It's got. It's currently sitting at a four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. So roll tight on that. And uh, it's got our. It's got our girl Michelle Rodriguez in it. Yeah, hell yeah! What a what a legend <laughs> in so many of these movies. <laughs> making making her triumphant virtual theater return. I want to say. So there you go. That is poll option number one. Um, poll option number two. In the name of the king. Yes. And uh, this is another. I think this was on our first bull poll, was it not? Uh, yeah, it was, because I, I really pushed for it as a Jason Statham fan. And I was going to say, before anybody shitting on this, uh, you know, dismisses this, this has got Statham, it's got Ray Liotta, it's got <laughs> Ron Perlman, um, Lily Sobieski, like, it's got a lot of actual stars in it. However, it is also sitting at a fine 4% on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah. <laughs> that's something we're going to notice I think as we cover more of his films is that somehow he has like pretty big names in them like I don't know how he gets them because they seem like they're not made on a big budget but uh, you know I'll take it it's a, it's always fun to see actors you love in awful movies I think yeah Uwe just must be a really charming guy yeah, the I think, to be able to talk these guys into this. <laughs> that must be what it is, yeah. All right, poll option number three, Far Cry. And uh, this isn't even on Rotten Tomatoes. It's so bad. <laughs> it's got no stars in it. This looks like a true return to form, actually, because it's got all 
pretty much all German actors in it. Yeah. It looks it looks pretty bad. This this is not one that's even talked about when talking about Uwe Boll. I think it's kind of like a later one for him and so I don't even I'm I'm worried that it'll get voted on based on the name recognition, but it doesn't even seem like it'll be fun to watch. It it seems truly truly awful. So, uh please don't vote for that. <laughs> Poll option, <laughs> poll option number four on the bull poll, and Gooey, this is my personal pick. One of the worst movies ever made. One percent on Rotten Tomatoes, nine percent on Metacritic. Alone mm. in the now dark. This is his and other iconic this is film. I think legendary. This one, right? Like, yeah, and maybe, and maybe Postal, which one day we'll cover. Uh, but this has got Christian Slater and Tara Reid, um, probably some other people too. But it's those are the ones that you need to know yeah. about. Yeah, and it's it's a great choice for him because it's another one of like, wh- why? What is this video game license you picked up? Like, okay, <laughs> you know, it's like not even one you're like expecting to see. So I'm rooting for this one. I'm rooting for it too. As much as I uh, want to see Michelle oh, in Blood Rain with all or uh, Statham, yeah. Uh, actually, Far Cry doesn't have anything. No. I hope that I hope Far Cry. Is, I wonder what would win actually, Far Cry or Wing Commander. Probably Far Cry. Probably. I think based on because there's some people voting like, oh, I know that game. You know, I like that game. So. Wing Commander never wins. <laughs> no, it couldn't even beat a. Uh, bowl movie <laughs> there you go all right so those are your poll options poll option number one blood rain poll option number two in the name of the king poll option number three far cry poll option number four alone in the dark you guys know the drill vote at virtual theater x over on twitter there will be a poll up it'll last a week and uh you can influence the what what we cover by making sure that you vote and you tell your friends where they can go and vote and uh I'm sure that whatever wins, we're going to get an absolutely fantastic episode out of that. Yeah, it's going to be it's going to be fun for sure. It's going to be something Uh, that's going to do it for us. Thank you for listening again. um, We appreciate you guys listening in uh, in these these troubled times. Um, If you want to hang out, feel a part of the community, definitely make sure to check us out over on Discord. Um, You can check us out on Patreon over at patreon.com forward slash virtual theater. We are releasing mini episodes all about the Legend of Zelda cartoon show, so you can look forward to that. Um, It's been a blast to do so far, and there's a lot of other good outtakes and stuff like that available there, so make sure you go and check that out. That's the best way to support the show if you can. We really appreciate it, and thank you to all of our patrons right now. Um, Of course, check us out over on SoundCloud, uh, iTunes, wherever you get your podcasts, and like, subscribe, tell a friend. Uh, I'm at Twitter, at Spateri316. Goo is at GooeyFame. The show is at Virtual Theater X. Goo, anything that uh, we need to touch on before we get out of here? Uh, no, just, yeah, thanks for listening. Stay safe out there, and I look forward to talking to you again soon. Absolutely. Uh, take care, everybody, and we will see you back next time for some Dragon Quest. <laughs>